welcome to the Raise the State podcast, a podcast to challenge the church and champion the saints. I'm Natalie Runyon, your host, and I pray that with each episode, you will enter into the hard and holy conversations alongside myself and other special guests as we host conversations the church has been desperate to have. All right, everyone, as I like to call you my stayers, we are here with some very good friends of mine, the pastor's wives, tell all. And it has been such a fun journey getting to know these amazing three women. And if you are not following them on social media, you need to drop what you're doing after this podcast, unless you're driving go park somewhere first (laughs) and go follow the pastor's wives tell all. There is just so much good happening in the church. And we have so many voices speaking to so many different leaders, but not a lot of voices speaking directly to pastor's wives and leaders' wives and what it looks like to be in the local church as a woman, but also a woman sitting beside their husband week in and week out doing the hard work of not just parenting for some of you and not just doing life, but pastoring an entire congregation or a ministry. And so I just want to say a huge welcome to the three of you. Why don't you guys take a minute in your cute little circle that you're sitting in right now and introduce yourselves, tell us your name, tell us a little bit about your uh, church and what you guys do and maybe how long you and your husband have been in ministry. Yeah. So my name is Jenna and my husband's name is Ian. We have two kids, Addie, who's 10 and Avery, who is eight. And we have been in ministry. Oh my goodness. I feel like as long as we have been married, he started out as a school teacher and we knew that that wasn't going to be the end for him. We knew that he was going to be in full-time ministry one day. And so about, I want to say eight to nine years ago, he stepped out into full-time ministry and he has been everything from a youth pastor to a worship leader, worship pastor. Right now we are in a season at our church where he is the discipleship pastor and production director for our church. So anything visual or anything you hear in a service, that is what he does. And we're loving every minute of it. And my name is Jessica, and I have two beautiful daughters, Grace and Olivia, and my husband is the lead pastor at our local church here in Alabama, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's called Village Church, and we have definitely been in youth ministry for about 12 years, but now we are lead pastors at our local church, and we absolutely love it so hard, but so amazing as well. (laughs) Before I introduce myself, I just want everyone to know that we are the OG stayers. We have been a fan of Natalie from the get-go. She is rocking it and she is taking church hurt, flipping it on its head and showing us a way through. So I just appreciate you. Oh, thanks, girl. (laughs) My name is Stephanie. My husband is Isaac. We have three children, Bryce, Bentley, and Avery. We have been in youth ministry for 16 years together. And then he was a year before that. So 17 total for him. I can't imagine us doing anything else. Neither can my husband. He's always said he wants to be like an old man youth minister, like 80 (laughs) years old. We're still rocking it. I don't know. Maybe he'll be wearing one of those Hawaiian shirts or something and think he's cool. I don't know, but I can see it. I'm here for it. Well, it is an honor to get to sit down with you guys. And I know that for a lot of our Raised to Stay community, some are in ministry, some aren't. But if you're in the church, you have a pastor's wife, most likely. You have 
this beautiful angel that sits on the on the front row. And some of you know her and some of you don't know her. They're telling me now that they are, may not be just an angelic side to the pastor's wives. <laughs> to your point, there's also this very human side to this kind of illustrious person that is by the pastor and behind the scenes and sometimes in the forefront of ministry. So take a minute and just share with us something that you wish your congregation or the church knew about what it looks like to be a pastor's wife. Tell us something that you just wish that every congregant knew about being a pastor's wife. That we are human. We're just like you. We struggle with the same things that you do. Yeah, there's nothing different. Like, I think um, the other day I was sharing with uh, some women and I was telling them some um, very awkward moments in my life, especially in my 20s. I can be a little fiery on occasion, not as much anymore, but I can be. And, you know, times where I have allowed my anger to take control or I've said some things that even though they might have been truthful, they were not said in a very loving and kind way. And those are things that, you know, I struggled with, but to share and they're like, wow, like you did that? Like you almost got in a fight with a grandmother at Barnes and Noble? What? Um, Sure did. True story. (laughs) And I would do it again (laughs) if I needed to. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, like Jenna said, is that we are all just like you, stop putting us on a pedestal that we were never intended to be on. Yeah, our marriages have been rocky at times. I mean, sometimes I don't even like my husband and he don't like me. And that's just the truth. And that's just, that's not just us. Right. That's a lot of women and a lot of men, but we like to, I think many people tend to cover that up or maybe even without even realizing they're that they're doing it. They're mm-hmm. not being completely vulnerable about their marriages and maybe even parenting or even the fact that, I don't know, the other morning, I didn't pray at all. I didn't read my Bible. I got up and got going and then had a bad attitude and was cranky and said some horrible things. That I mean, that's just reality. Yeah. We're human. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And I think that it's easy to look at leaders and look at leaders' families and to make the assumption that they're somehow more Christian or or holier because they're in these roles. But the truth is, is that as believers, whether we're in leadership or not, we're all human, we're all in need of grace, and we're all in need of friendship. How have you three, individually and as a group, really found community being pastor's wives? What does community look like being the pastor's wife? So for me, I actually struggled for several years to find true friendship. And part of that was my problem because I did kind of set myself back and up, I guess. I would pretend to be something I wasn't. I didn't want people to know that I had problems. I didn't want them to know really the insides of our marriage and that sort of thing because I heard that that was wrong. You didn't share those things. And so because of that, I think I had this wall up and it caused a lot of problems in friendships. And it wasn't until I moved to the church that I'm at now that I said, no more. And I had been praying and journaling like, God, just, I want good friends, send me people. And so I started looking around, opening my eyes. And I determined that at this new church, I was going to be 100% myself. They were going to know me from the get-go. And they did, <laughs> crazy and all. <laughs> but what I found is they they loved me. And I remember just weeping as the church members came by to like hug me after we got, you know, officially voted in as the new youth pastor and family. 
And I'm crying as people are hugging me and saying, I voted for y'all because of you. Like not all of them, but there were a few people who said that they wanted me too, not just my husband. And so for the first time I felt seen. And from that, it just opened up opportunities for me to hang out with these women and to really get to know them. And I would open up with them a little bit more, even knowing that sometimes that can backfire, but I knew it was worth it. And then from that, I ended up finding some of my closest friends just from even looking outside the church and saying like, it's got to be more than our church. We are the church, the local body. Yeah, people are shocked to know that, that we are all at different churches, different denominations even. So we feel very blessed to have each other for sure. But it is hard when you're in you know, a church and you're not sure if you can open up to somebody and you have to be, you know, not selective, I would say, but you do have to kind of use your discernment on what you share when and all of those things. And I still find myself going there, you know, going to the place of, oh, I don't know if I should get close with them. Like, what if they found out this? Or what if they found out that I was human? Like, you know, so it can be a struggle. Yeah. I was going to say, for me, a lot of times when we are speaking with women, I let them know that I was not a big fan of women because (laughs) let's go back to the high school years. I had a group of friends, but like women produced so much drama and gossip and I didn't want to be a part of that, you know, and that's something that we have to individually get better at. But what happened is in my early 20s and into my early 30s, I had a hard time wanting to be with the women of the church because I looked at them like I did when we were in high school. And so I missed out on relationships because of that. So when I moved into this new church and I was just like, Stephanie, you know what? I'm going to be myself. We're going to create a new culture here. It is going to be biblically based and it is going to be a lot about vulnerability. And so also I went into the mindset going, I'm not looking for friends that look like me. I'm not looking for friends that are the same age, that look like me, that dress like me, that have the same giftings and talents. I want to know people different than me. We don't need another me in the world. And so I want to learn from other women and men, of course. And so that really helped me. And that's one thing I really try to tell women. I think they get stuck not finding friends because they're looking for friends like they did in high school. And we've got to move out of that high school mentality because God wants to bless us and enlarge our territory, but we're too busy staying back in our high school ways. Yeah. It's so good. And I imagine too, that there are some pastor's wives stereotypes that you have to overcome as well. And those could be inferred or they could have been said. What are some pastor's wife stereotypes that you have personally had to overcome? That I am the most beautiful piano player you ever heard ever in your life. And the thing is, I only know chopsticks and maybe what's that other one that everyone plays? I don't even know. Heart and soul. Yes, Yes. taking me back to junior high. Oh my goodness. That you cannot have tattoos or Mm. a piercing other than that one hole in your ear. You know, like I had a nose ring. Yes, that hole is holy. I had always wanted a nose ring, like just a tiny little stud, you know, and, but what kept me from getting that for the longest time was, well, what are the people in the church going to think? We're in ministry. What are they going to say when I walk in and I've got this, little diamond in my nose. And that was a turning point in my life, honestly, because when I did that and I walked in, and I will not say that I wasn't still a little bit concerned about what people would say, 
But it was almost like I had to make a statement for myself. Like, Jenna, this does not define you. This is like picking out a new shirt, you know? And so, yeah, there's a lot of stereotypes, but that was one of them that I definitely had to get over. Well, I think a lot of times is that the woman should just do everything. Mm. Um, That here's the biggest thing. In the business world, the man or woman that is working in that location, um, their husband or wife doesn't have to come alongside of them and serve them in in their place of work. Mm. But that is something that is almost you have to, if your husband is pastoring a church, then you're going to run whatever ministry we need and be there at all times. And your kids need to come and you need to pretty much die to self, which of course we are supposed to, but also die to any form of having any life outside of the walls of the church. Mm -hmm. And that's incorrect that we can say no and that we can stand up for what's important, which is our husbands and our family time. And so I think that's something that as a podcast and as three friends, we're really trying to change that culture of thinking that pastor's wives can't have amazing callings outside of the church walls. And they can't be the most amazing teacher or businesswoman or run a nonprofit or be a missionary and travel as well. Um, So that's something I really believe that we're really trying to break down those walls that women can start walking in freedom and stop being held back because of what people think they should do. Mm, I was just going to say, even the stereotype going back to marriage and family, just that your kids have to also be there at everything and they have to act a certain way. And if they don't, they could be criticized a little bit harder or it's the opposite. And like, oh, those are the pastor's kids. They do nothing wrong. And then nobody disciplines them at all. So I think there has to be this balance of kids are kids. doesn't matter if they're pastor's kids or just a church member's kids. They're kids and they're learning and they're growing every day and they have to be shown Jesus just like everyone else. They were not born saved. Great transition here because I was going to ask, I mean, how do you as pastor's wives then raise up pastor's kids in such a unique time of culture? It isn't the 90s where we were all in dresses sitting on pews. You know, we have social media. There's multiple campuses to our congregations now. We have a lot of, like you were alluding to, so many ministries that we as women are expected to be part of as pastor's wives. How are you teaching your children to love the Lord and to love the church in this culture and day and age? That's a really good question. We've had a lot of conversations about our kids. And it starts at home, just like it does with everyone else. And if you're not living Jesus at home and you're not teaching them at home, then there's a problem. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in ministry life in the church that they get put on the back burner. And so I think it starts inside the home and then it will grow from there. They have to understand a love for Jesus first before they're going to love the church. And then even, I know Jessica has talked about this a lot, that to include your kids on what you're doing. Like, let them know why this is so important, what we're doing for Jesus at the church. This is why we do what we do and tell them they're a part of the ministry in a good way. Not that they're forced to be, but that they get to come alongside and maybe help in little tiny ways. And I just think not forcing things on them, seeing their gifts and saying, wow, like I see that God has made you really good at such and such well, what do you think you could do as part of the church to like help others see Jesus through that gift? And just like any parent should do. I don't think it's necessarily hugely different. That's so good stuff. 
I think too, one thing that I'm personally learning, and Jessica kind of mentioned this earlier, but saying there's going to be a lot of good things at church that's happening, but you don't have to be at everything. And so I think protecting your time and making sure that your kids feel like they're being put first, even over the ministry that you're leading I think that that's huge because otherwise I feel like they're going to resent ministry for taking their parents away constantly. And that's something that we're still, we're still learning that. I think one thing also, and we've shared with this before, is the biggest thing is, first of all, for pastors and ministry leaders that are listening to this, if you are not parenting and you are not discipling your children at home, and loving your wife or husband and loving your kids the way that God intended you to, then you need to self-check and see if you still need to be preaching on the other side of the pulpit. Because here's the thing, we're never going to be perfect. I have family members that have dealt with it and so many people reaching out and going, my husband is doing this. He's never here for the kids and all of the things. But the church might think that he's just doing a wonderful job. But the self-check is if you aren't doing that at home, you need to figure out if you need to be doing that at the church Mm -hmm. because your first priority should be at your home and it will be an overflow. So don't just preach it. You need to actually do it because what happens in turn with parenting is that's when PK kids get a bad rap. It's not the PK kids fault in a lot of ways. I know that they have their own choices. They get older, but they watch their father. They watch their mother put other things before them their whole entire life. And they've resented the church and they've resented God because we weren't a good example to them. And so I just felt like I needed to say that going forward. But yes, I I was just going to say one thing with the parenting. Um, Definitely Stephanie mentioned, I was going to kind of give an example. The other night we have village groups and I made an effort to tell Grace and Olivia, like, hey, girls, we have a new woman coming tonight. She's a single mom and, you know, she's bringing her son and it's going to be so fun and just, you know, help with him, love him well, so she can just have a moment to herself. And so afterwards, like this little boy just absolutely loved my girls and had so much fun. But the mom also was able to be free for two hours straight and have a meal and be able to conversate with adults and talk about Jesus and share things that were on her heart. And so when we got in the car to make sure that we're encouraging our kids and say, Grace and Olivia, thank you so much. Like you did an amazing job in this ministry tonight. You were definitely being used by the Lord. You loved on this little boy. And also we were able to love on the mom because of you. So you were a part of that. So making sure that we're speaking that over them, not just giving the freedom to do it, but also speaking life back into them and letting them know that they are doing an amazing job. But also looking for ways to, like Stephanie said, push them into roles that they are called to, or they feel like, man, that might be fun. Figure out and go work on the soundboard or go work with babies, but also give them the freedom to fail because a lot of times we don't do that. So give them the freedom to fail and also to look in different ways and let it be fun. Let it be fun. I love that. And as a pastor's kid, I can agree and testify to all of that. I mean, you know, having parents that are 100% including you in the ministry, not like, okay, now the adults are talking, you need to go sit aside and wait for mom and dad to stop adulting. You know, bringing that child, bringing the children into the ministry is a wonderful way to get them to fall in love 
with the church, you know, once they know who Jesus is and they are understanding the role of mom and dad and all of that. And so I just, I love the intentionality of that and just how we're all raising our own PKs. Even if we don't have a role of pastor, if we are raising kids in the church, all kids should have that same freedom to use their giftings and participate in the work because we know there's no junior Holy Spirit. So um, (laughs) I love that. Now, you guys did allude to your podcast. And so I want to just turn a little bit and talk a little bit about what the pastor's wives tell all is really doing for the church. So what sparked this in you guys to start your Instagram page together, the three of you, and get this podcast out, speaking specifically to a very unique niche of pastor's wives? We all connected, even though we were different, even though we were at different churches, different denominations, and we were all pastor's wives who felt like we didn't quite fit the mold of what you know the stereotypical pastor's wife should be. And so through that and some conversation of feeling led by the Lord to serve women in some sort of capacity and also bring the church together, not this church or that church over there, but bring them all together because we are one body. Through that, this podcast was born. And I think we just wanted people to know that they are not alone, especially pastor's wives. We also wanted the church to understand what their leadership goes through. And we wanted to do it in a way that they would hear it, they would listen, they would laugh, they would learn, they might cry a little bit, but they, we could all grow together. And that's really where it all started. And since then, it has grown exponentially, <laughs> way more than we thought it would. We thought, is anybody going to listen? Is it, is it going to be our moms? Our moms are going to listen. Hey, <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... I don't know, the things that God has been doing and even realizing like we have this really cool community with just even the three of us and we want other people to have that too. And so we even started a community group on Facebook with the intention of other pastors, wives and female ministry leaders finding each other so that they could have friendships and they could build community as well, like people that truly understand what they're going through. And what's been so cool about it is we've seen other women like meeting up for coffee, like, hey, I'm in the same city as you. And they're now friends. Like it is insane what God is doing. And it really has nothing to do with us. No. But we're just excited that God is allowing us to be on this ride with him because it's pretty darn cool. I, I can admit that for a long time, and this is a constant thing, really ongoing, but the insecurities of like, how is he using me? Like, God, can you really use me to reach people for you? And he just continues to blow our minds with what he's doing and just proving over and over again that it is where we end that he begins. And I just have to remind myself of that all the time because it's just, like Jessica said, it's just so cool to see what he's doing through this ministry. And I don't think we realized when we started, I mean, we knew kind of because we saw the need, but I don't think we realized that the niche, that people would be hungry to learn more and hear more um, and just be along on the same journey with us. It's, It's crazy. Yeah, I think the stereotype of women, pastor wives needing to look a certain way and be a certain way, I think that's one of the 
biggest things that I think we all have seen is women letting their hair down, breaking off the pearls, even if you want to wear them, and taking off the skirts. Freedom. Yeah, freedom and going like, I can just be myself, whatever that looks like, and I can have fun. I can laugh. Because the biggest thing, if we're all called to go make disciples, are you making disciples if you make Jesus look so boring? Mm. You know, is there joy in your heart? Or are you too busy judging the world because they don't think and act like you? Mm. And so I think the beautiful thing is that we get to watch women walking into freedom, walking into their callings, and then laughing and having fun because God, I think he has a great sense of humor. I know he's laughing at us all the time because we're crazy, but also just to be able to enjoy life, enjoy life because it's a hard life, but it's also so beautiful. And yeah, so it's just fun. We yeah. love to have fun together and love to have fun with these women. And we laugh like crazy on our podcast. Sure and do. honestly, it is a shock that people really do come back and listen because we are crazy. We are not perfect in the way we speak. We jumble up our words and then we laugh hysterically about it. But so many people have said, I just feel like you're real friends, like you're real people. And I think that's what we bring to the table is it's not too polished. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest compliments that people will give us is they're like, when I'm listening to your podcast, I feel like y'all are in the room with me. <laughs> like, I feel like we're all just sitting around a living room, just hanging out and having a chat, you know? And that's so cool to me because that's that's what we wanted. We just wanted to have conversation. I love that. Well, you have accomplished it. And that's how we became friends. You know, obviously, we met through a podcast together online. And I felt the same way. I felt like I had made friends for life. And I believe a lot of women are feeling this. I got to come be part of one of the retreats you all did a few weeks ago. And it was just instant family. And I believe that's what the church is looking for. They're looking for authenticity. They're looking for laughter. They are looking for the true family that we are. And I, I don't remember who said this, but you know, the body of Christ is not just a metaphor. Like we literally are the body of Christ. And when we hug each other, when we laugh together, there is such beauty in the people of God, being with the people of God. And so you demonstrate that just so beautifully in person and through your podcast. And now you guys not only have a podcast, but you have a book coming out that is going to be coming out in April of 2024. Now, here's the deal, guys. That feels like a long way away. But as someone who just published a book, it will be here before we know it. And I just want to hear a little bit about it. I've already read it. I've already put in an endorsement and I just will keep endorsing this book until Jesus comes back. But tell us a little bit about what your hope is for this book, the title, and you know, just really what you're hoping the reader walks away with as they spend time with you in your words. I think that we have several things that we want to see happen. But I would love to see, first of all, those stereotypes to fall down, the pedestals to break, to be done with. And then I want to see us as a church move forward healthier because I feel like a lot of us are not healthy, not just pastor's wives, not just pastors, which we are. We're unhealthy in a lot of ways, but the church as a whole. So this book, yes, it's for the pastor's wife. It's almost like what she needs when she first gets started. It kind of tells her what to expect, you know, kind of like the what to expect when you're expecting when you're pregnant, <laughs> except not. Anyway, but also it goes further than that. It talks to the pastor. It talks to the church and it gives this insider look while also encouraging the church to move forward yeah. and to stop staying in the past. Like let's move forward into something that is healthier and stronger 
and let's see God move like we've never seen him move before. And I think that's really the heart behind all of it. I was going to say, one of the things is we talk a lot on our podcast and when we're speaking in our retreats, and we talk a lot about the Matthew 18 principle, about bringing everything to the light. And I think that was one thing that we really felt called to do with this book is to really share hard moments in our life, whether that be with our husband or with our marriage or with our kids or just us in general or a church hurt because we've Mm -hmm. all dealt with that. And so I think a lot of vulnerability is in when you open this book. What we hope is that when you open that book and you read the stories and you hear the heartache and you hear the joy that you feel not alone. And we want everyone to know that they're not alone and church hurt is happening because we're human and marriages aren't perfect. And we want them to walk away reading that book going, man, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one and I'm still loved and I'm still called no matter what happened. And so I think that's a huge part. And we even had one of our endorsers, who's a friend of ours who read it, told us afterwards, she said, girls, I did not expect the vulnerability that I got. She says, I mean, I expected it, but not on that level. She said, I was a little bit shocked with how much you shared. But I mean, that's what we want. I mean, it's called Pastor's Wives Tell All. <laughs> yeah. That is the title we of the book. We tell all. <laughs> yeah. And so we are. And it's in our subtitle, I love, it's Navigating Real Church Life with Honesty and Humor. And that's that's what we want. Yeah. And that humor, we want people to laugh when they read this book. I know that even as we were going back reading it after it was written, like we laughed (laughs) at ourselves. (laughs) So we just want people to have fun while they're reading it. But also, like they said, learn and realize that they are not alone, that we are just like you. Yeah. And hopefully that the church will change. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Each person walks away going, okay, I have done that to a pastor wife before. Mm -hmm. I have put those, you know, walls up because I thought they were a pastor wife and they don't know like what we're dealing with. No, we exactly know what you're dealing with. You would be shocked to know the things that we are dealing with, but that we're all on the same playing field. Yeah. And I think this book will definitely, if you read this book, you're going to know that pastor wives, we the same as you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, we are. I don't know what voice that was, but I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. And I can't wait for the world to hear it. And obviously, Raise to Stay resonates so much with what you guys are talking about and writing to and podcasting. Also, this message of longevity with Raise to Stay and obviously what you guys are speaking of in the book. What would you say to a pastor's wife who is having a season where they just don't want to keep doing it? They're feeling tired, overwhelmed. This is just more than they realized what they were signing up for. How would you encourage if you just each want to go around and just speak directly to the tired pastor's wife right now? Mm. We've all been tired. We've all wanted to quit. Or maybe I'm just speaking for myself. No, you're not. Uh, I would say, and this is something that I have to remember and remind myself of constantly, that when you're in that tired season or maybe you're going through a really rough, like really hard season, remember that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. There is a spiritual war happening. And if Satan is coming at you, it must mean you're doing something right, Okay. Because otherwise, what reason does he have to mess with your life? So I love that verse that says, consider it pure joy when you face many trials because it produces perseverance. And that's so true because when we are not going through something hard, what other need do we have for God? So 
it's just a good reminder that when you're going through something hard, yes, it's hard in that moment, but you have to remember the bigger picture. Persevere. Well, I was fixing to say, just because you were mentioning your amazing book that I know all of your listeners have already read, but if you have not, go get it now, right now. I put one in the Columbus Barnes & Noble on the top shelf and moved some other books out of the way. Just (laughs) thought I should confess because, you know, but okay. But I just wanted to tell you with your book, you are talking a lot about church hurt and the whole thing about staying in the church is such a beautiful thing. And I think that pastor wives and ministry leaders need to be reading your book because the thing is, is so many women and men are leaving ministry because first of all, they didn't have anybody walking beside them. And they maybe even truly didn't even know what their identity was before they got into ministry. If you're going through church hurt, which is truly people hurting you, coming from me, I have been through a lot of church hurt almost my whole entire ministry. We've been in ministry for 20 years. And it was hard, guys. I'll be honest with you. And I am on our podcast and in our book that I was ready to burn houses down. That's where I was. That's how angry I was at what was being done to my family and to my husband. But here's the beautiful thing, that if they hated him, John 15, if they hated him, then we have to know that they are gonna hate us and the enemy hates us and wants to ruin us in the ministry that God has called us to. So do not let the enemy win, guys. Doesn't matter how hard it gets. I promise you, we haven't been through what Paul went through and he continued, Mm -hmm. okay? And he still persevered, just like Jenna said. So take a step back, take a sabbatical, take care of your body. Remember that Jesus rested, so therefore you should too. (laughs) But then get up, get off the mat, like we kind of talk about. Get off the mat because Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be taken care of? Do you want to have freedom? But we are too busy giving excuses and that people will continue to hurt us. They sure will until kingdom comes. Mm -hmm. But do you want to continue and obey because you love your father and go do what he's called you to do? Or are you going to lay on your mat for the rest of your life? And I don't want to lay on my mat because that sounds lazy and boring. And I'm not about that life. So I want to encourage you out there to continue because when I was ready to burn houses down, I didn't know the season that was coming, how beautiful it was. Mm -hmm. And that I would be able to stand up to future people that would hurt me and it would not take as long to get over it. It would not take as long to forgive them and to remember the promise that Exodus 14, 14 says, to be still and I will fight for you. Stop trying to fight your battles and allow the Lord to fight your battles and you keep going. Acts 20, 24, you keep going till the end. So she just dropped her mic and then expected me to pick it up and keep going. <laughs> she does that often. She she does. I'm, so to follow that, <laughs> actually, as she's talking about the mat, I remember in your book, Natalie, where you actually were talking about, I believe it was your dad, right? He was in the hospital. It was bad. It was not good. And you like quoted scripture, like get up or rise up and walk and how that healing and then what came after that and what you learned through that is beautiful. And I love how she just mentioned that. I feel like it all is kind of tying together. But I would say even with that, as you're getting up and you're walking, to know that it's more than just walking, Mm -hmm. that sometimes you have to stop. You have to kneel. You have to be still. Like, and Jessica did say, if you're tired, sometimes you just need to rest. And I get so busy being busy 
And we've heard this over again, stop being a Martha. <laughs> you know, you got to be Mary. And let's just say, I love Martha because there's a lot more to her in the Bible than what people like to talk about. But yes, we do have to remain at the feet of Jesus. We have to be with him in order to get up and walk. The only way you can be healed is if you're sitting at his feet, then you can get up and you can walk. And I think that's where I've been lately is learning to be still at his feet and to stop doing, 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 let myself get a little bit of healing and then get up and move forward. And I mean, this really has changed my life recently, honestly. And it's been a very sweet ride, even the past couple of weeks, which is what God is doing in my heart and in my life, just from like really being in his presence. I want to say something that he's been teaching me recently too. I think that so many of us, when we are really going through it in ministry, we can get in that defeatist mindset where we're like, woe is me. Like, oh my goodness, Satan is just, you know, he's doing his thing again. Like, whatever, I wish he would stop. But we have to remember, and our pastor said this yesterday, he said, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. He's already won. How many of us do we, you know, when we're going through something like that, we forget that. Like, he's already won. So why are we not fighting from that place of victory? So... A little kick in the rear for me. Well, we just want to thank you guys for being here. But above all, let's tell the listeners where they can connect with your community through social media, through getting the book. Let us know all the things. Where can they find you guys? So we are super easy to find on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. We are at Pastors Wives Tell All. So super easy. You can also find our website, pastorswivestellall.com. Like I said, we try to keep it super simple around here. (laughs) Awesome. Well, and you guys can also get the book on Amazon at some point. I think you can actually find it now, but there'll be an official announcement here soon on their social media. So go follow them, go hang out with them. You will not regret it. You have just met your best friends, pastor's wives. So jump in with us. And again, thank you for listening. And as always, we are raised to stay.